Hello and thank you for tuning in to Link Stories. I am your host, Malini Shah. My background has been in communications and education and I have been on a journey of learning about well-being for as long as I can remember. This podcast brings to you very easy to listen to short interviewed stories of just 20 to 25 minutes from a whole host of really inspiring change makers ranging from your frontline worker to the boardroom decision maker. The common thread between the stories is no doubt positive impact, covering topics such as ethics, sustainability, social enterprise, well-being, education and more. Please get in touch on linkstories@mail.com and thank you for tuning in. I am a powerful, invisible force, constantly at work and influential in everything I do. Yes, that's right. I begin with the letter E and something I'm often told to keep under wraps in the workplace. I can use the words think, hear and understand. The feel is often frowned upon. It is also said that much of the physical pain we endure stems from this E word. In this episode, I speak to Catherine Hoff, Regional Director for Six Seconds, a non-profit organisation and scientific leaders in emotional intelligence. Six Seconds empowers employees, coaches and leaders to recognise and acknowledge emotions to help with not only managing them, but making sound decisions through this powerful undercurrent that often goes unnoticed. Thank you so much for joining me on In the Shoes Of. You're here to talk about emotional intelligence, which has become quite a bit buzzword in society recently, although it's been around for quite a long time. Would you be able to kindly explain what emotional intelligence is? Mm, sure. Well, it's obviously the theoretical point of view of emotional intelligence, and uh, there's, then there's the personal view of emotional intelligence. Uh, I remember once a, a friend uh, saying to me, Catherine, I really don't get emotional intelligence because when I'm being all emotional, I'm definitely not intelligent. And I think mm-hmm. that helps us understand uh, emotional intelligence from the perspective of when things are going well, we're probably not very aware of our emotions. But when things are not going so well, um, we probably are very aware of our emotions mm-hmm. and probably very aware of how they're impacting, how we're thinking, how we're feeling and what we're doing and the results that we're getting. So emotional intelligence it, at its simplest is about uh, being smart with our feelings. Um, it is also about being able to recognise what we're feeling, where it's coming from, what it's doing, being able to have a window of opportunity to be able to change how we're feeling um, and uh, be able to then move on to doing something differently. Um, But it's also about assessing a situation from a what is it that needs to happen here? What is it that I would want to change to be able to make a positive difference? Um, and so, you know, emotional intelligence is a, a learnable, measurable skill. Um, and it's a skill that, um, we can, we can measure and understand cognitively. But emotional intelligence is about being able to do it. So, uh, understanding who and what we are, but also being able to apply, um, 
how we're thinking and how we're feeling to the outcomes that we're getting. So being smart with feelings is the short way <laughs> of saying that's, what, that's, what is emotional intelligence. That's fascinating. And now you're regional director for Six Seconds for Europe. Um, and Six Seconds are leaders in emotional intelligence and you work across different sectors with different industries large organizations, small organizations. How do you use emotional intelligence on that level with firms and organizations? So predominantly, we are not a delivery organization. We support um, organizations, um, teams, individuals uh, to be able to practice emotional intelligence first and foremost, and then be able to support others to be able to practice emotional intelligence. So many of the organizations that we work with are training organizations, um, coaching organizations, schools, communities, where they really want to apply um, the understanding and the practice of emotional intelligence to make their world a better one. And whilst we have done a lot of case studies, um, so we, we've worked with some, um, some major suppliers globally to understand emotional intelligence from a big business point of view. So, for example, FedEx and, and how they're being, uh, how they're using the emotional intelligence to be able to um, add value to the customer service cycle. Um, uh, a manufacturer um, providing um, uh, goods to McDonald's um, and how they are using um, emotional intelligence to develop talent and uh, add uh, to their performance. So we, we're constantly looking at how large organizations are using emotional intelligence. Predominantly, our work is about working with organizations who then go and work with other organizations on emotional intelligence. And how would an organization like FedEx use emotional intelligence and how would it have an impact on their end customer? Mm, so in all of the work that we do, we start with self. Um, so every individual um, are, is human and as they go to work and they, they are partly themselves and partly <laughs> they, in their business role in the workplace, mm. you know, essentially they're human and um, understanding who they are and what they have to offer and how they can use that most effectively in the workplace is a really important aspect. And so, again, how people think and feel in the work that they do really impacts performance. We talk about emotions driving people and people driving performance. And so for a large organization like FedEx, um, starting with self in small teams is often a great way to go. Obviously, you need to get the buy-in from the uh, senior leaders in the organization. And ultimately, we want to engage staff we want to um, activate emotional intelligence on a moment-by-moment -moment level and integrate it fully within the culture of an organisation. And in your opinion, would you say some people are more emotional than others and they bring more emotional baggage to the workplace and it's about <laughs> recognising those emotions? Yeah, we all know emotional baggage, don't we? <laughs> um, we, would, we like to think of it, we are all emotional beings. Um, Mary Helen Imodino Young, uh, a researcher and scientist um, in uh, emotions and, and uh, cognitive and emotional development, says it is neurobiologically impossible to have a thought without feeling. And uh, I think it's really important that when we look at ourselves, 
as thinking and feeling beings that um, we have a, a range of experiences in our lives. And of course, we take that emotion, emotionality with us. And yes, there are some people who are perhaps more in tune with how they are feeling and very expressive in the way in which they um, they talk about and uh, convey their emotions and perhaps others who are slightly more private or reserved about how they demonstrate or convey their emotions. But that doesn't necessarily mean we are more or less emotionally intelligent. Um, we talk a lot at six seconds about being able to feel what we're feeling, to dwell and to acknowledge and to celebrate our feelings because there are um, communication, there are code, there are way in which our body is telling us what's going on. And they're really powerful allies in our human journey. And when we celebrate what we're feeling and can articulate it for ourselves and perhaps communicate that with others, then we've got a really good solid springboard for us to be able to then practice emotional intelligence going forward where we are being smart with our feelings. It's really fascinating to hear that view and the, the fact that, you know, emotions shouldn't be shoved under the carpet and actually they should be acknowledged and recognised in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And words like I feel can be used for decision making rather than I hear you or I think. So it's really refreshing that you actually encourage organisations to do that. What would the six seconds training programme look like? We, I said that we worked predominantly with organisations who went and helped other organisations and people to be able to develop emotional intelligence. And so our certification courses are a journey. They're a journey of discovery. Uh, they are an experienced journey and they enable people to start with self to look at what is my emotionality? Where's my emotional story? What are my emotions and what are they telling me? How could I make uh, better choices about my emotions and about how I'm thinking and about what I'm doing? You know, how am I using optimism, for example, to be able to look at all of the um, opportunities that I have? How am I motivating myself and perhaps others to want to go and do a better job? How am I taking ownership? How am I accountable for this? And so on. So um, we talk about knowing um, who we are emotionally and how we apply what we know to the choices that we make. And when we um, link that to what we want to have happen in this world, not just, uh, you know, a daily goal, but perhaps something we want to aim for, a legacy that we want to have, um, the purpose that we have. Simon Sinek talks about, you know, our why, that, you know, who are we and why are we doing this? Um, when we connect who we are, what we know to what we want to do and what the choices that we're making to what we want to have happen in the end, what we want to be and how we want to serve, then mm. we have a really powerful model. And it's that model that drives the certifications in six seconds. You know, what do we want to be paying attention to? What choices are we making and how are we connecting them to what we want to have happen? Um, they are very joyful experiences. They're very connected um, experiences we delve a little bit into the neuroscience of emotions 
Um, we look at some case studies of uh, emotional intelligence and how it's helped other organizations. Uh, we uh, look at um, the models of six seconds and then we apply them and we practice them through. And then we look at how we um, help others to be able to do what we've just done with emotions. And the certification pathway leads somebody from the garden gate, if you like, the sort of gateway to what is emotional intelligence, um, mm -hmm. how is it applicable, and uh, how could I use it in my life through to, well, actually, I'd really like to be an EQ coach. Well, actually, I'd really mm -hmm. like to be uh, an advanced facilitator using emotional intelligence. I'd really like to be um, a consultant using emotional intelligence in the work that I do. It's all about being the the emotionally um attentive person who is illuminating aspects of um individual and business performance through emotional intelligence through a number of different routes and our pathway um leads to being a i feel like a master of of enabling ourselves and others to interact um and be and be present in this planet um in a world that we want to make better together that sounds phenomenal. It sounds really amazing. And I want to book myself onto one of your courses as well. And <laughs> um, what sort of um, duration? What's the duration of one of your courses? I know you probably well, you have many. Sure. Well, the Garden Gate course, the, the Unlocking EQ, the, uh, the Eye Opener, uh, the Gate Opener to all the rest of our certifications is just two 90-minute uh, sessions. They're group sessions online. Um, where people get together to discuss some of the models. And then there's some e-learning that supports that Unlocking EQ program. Um, and, you know, following that gateway, there's a, a tools route, as I like to call it, where you could um, learn to use a set of diagnostic tools to be able to work with others on a one-to-one -one or one-to-many basis to help others to use their insight to emotions and emotional intelligence uh, to be able to move forward. And those programs range from um, two or three sessions online and a significant amount of e-learning to project-based learning. Most of our courses are blended. So we have a variety of ways for people to take part and it suits most people's learning preferences. Um, and they, they're very much about activating, um, uh, not just thinking. So we bridge the gap between thinking and doing. Uh, by um, engaging people to have a very active stance. Once people have put it into practice, then they can redo it time and again. Um, and a reflection phase so that there's always work to be done around how is this working? What's not working? What do I need to revisit? What do I need to start, stop or continue? Um, and, and having a reflective phase and a feedback phase for us all to be able to learn from each other. It's a very achievable, practical and very much so. support through the journey as well yeah the and of, uh... we believe you know learning doesn't just stop when the course ends learning begins <laughs> as the course yeah, ways of of helping people to interact both with the team at six seconds but with each other in the network because it's one big family network really mm. um where people can interact and connect with others to be able to continue their learning we're very strong believers in you know connection with others and connection with reading material and connection with research can really help somebody to make the difference between that was a really nice course but what next and mm. that was a really good course and now i know that i'm going to do whatever 
Yeah, makes sense. And as regional director for Europe yourself, which of your skills have been most useful to this particular role for six seconds? What have you had to really bring to the table? Um, I think creativity is really important for me and it's it's very much helped me to see lots of different ways of doing things. Um, both when I stepped into the role and looked at the landscape of, you know, who was doing what, where, when, how, and how we could better serve people and how we could grow and develop as an organisation. Uh, we're a very close-knit team um, at Six Seconds Europe and um, there were some beautiful things happening. But creativity really helped me with understanding and where next and what next and how next to be able to better serve people. So I could questioning, one, <laughs> questioning the journey. Yeah, well, say questioning it, looking at what's working really well. What do we really want to keep? What what else could we do that, yeah. um, you know, I, I often talk about, are we missing a trick here? Mm. Is there something that we could be doing better, better for ourselves in terms of mm-hmm. our own well-being? Um, you know, can we do something better, quicker, in a in a more exacting way, so that makes our lives easier? So we've got more time to serve others, mm. or whether it's a, about a new idea that would really excite both us um, and our energy and our motivation in the team, but also the, the people that we work with and the people who we serve, you know, how could we help others to be even mm. more excited about where they're going, their journey sure. and how best to help them? That's, that's really lovely job to have to help others in their journey. <laughs> You're very lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and talking about well-being, yeah. which is, as mm. you know, very important for me and my the journey I've taken, what would you say, what do you do for your own well-being when you're helping others? I have so many like little strategies that I think probably picked up over the years. Um, you know, originally I trained as an actor. So um, one of the things that I do, if the day is feeling a bit heavy, I smile. Even mm-hmm. though I don't feel like smiling, I kind of smile. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to look at myself in the mirror. I don't need to to do anything other than feel myself smiling. And my might actively go to, you know, watch some funnies on, on Twitter or, or something, which just helps me um, be happier and find energy through happiness sure. and, and being grateful for what we have and some of the small things that happen in life. So, on a yeah. on a regular basis, I'm asking myself, what am I thankful for today? What am I really grateful mm. for in this moment in time? Yeah. And take a moment just to be present and, and just kind of um, absorb what's going on. My brain works pretty quickly and it, it, it wakes me up at night and um, it, it's a bit of a nuisance sometimes. But kind of just centering myself and, and mm. being present and pausing, breathing pausing, yeah. and mm. just acknowledging some of the wondrous things that are just at my fingertips or mm. in the air or the things that I can see mm. and can feel very lucky for. <laughs> um, if people would like to know more, um, then just go to www.sixseconds.org and it's the, the number six and there's a lovely story about why we're mm-hmm. called that on the website. 